0: Are now listening to You're listening to. You are now listening to The Breaking Dads Podcast. Enjoy. Alright, welcome, welcome, welcome ladies and gentlemen to The Breaking Dad Podcast. I am your host, my name is Woody, and I am back with another episode of The Breaking Dad Podcast. And right here, I, I told y'all I, I was going to try my best to get some guests on here to talk with me, so I'm not just talking at y'all for 45-30 to minutes. Um, so I was able to secure one of my favorite people on the show. My boy JB is what I call him. Um, I I worked with this guy for a couple years. A great dude, interesting takes and perspectives on life. So I really, really wanted to get him up here to talk to the people. So uh, without further ado, let me introduce him. JP, say say what's up to the people, man. Hey, what's going on? All right, so that's my boy JB. Um, JB, we've known we we go back a, a good while. Um, we worked together uh, in my previous employment. Um, what was that? About a little bit over a year yeah yeah so it was a little bit over a year um we we went through some wars um (laughs) for sure battle tested and um but we also we was also able to kick it outside of work which was uh really really important so you know i've met his family he's met my family uh we've been around you know i think you were there for um the gender reveal right
1: you're you're cutting out
0: uh were you able to uh can you hear me now yes okay so yeah so you were able to uh we were able to have our families together a couple of times you were there at the gender reveal correct yeah yeah well if i'm not mistaken you won the grand prize remember i think we had like a raffle or something right
1: yeah we did we won the gift card
0: there you go We was able to give out some money at our gender reveal um and i think we also did a father's day barbecue and you, your family came over for that too right i think we did we did come over a couple times. Yeah, it was a couple times. I remember we had all the kids in the pool. Yeah, so I think it was. I think I had did that for Father's Day. I got a couple of the fathers I knew from um from our from our job and got got all the guys together for a little family fun. Um, so yeah, battle tested and we've had some fun outside as well, um, side of work as well. Um, but JB is a really really good man. Um. And a father father of three, correct? Or am I wrong? Four. Another four of them. Yeah, you got four of them. I got to remember, you got more kids than me. That's my saving grace. <laughs> uh, yeah, so father of four. So um, I like to ask everybody. So so how is fatherhood treating you, man?
1: Treating me good. I mean, you, you know how it is. When you have kids, you go out there in the world and you can have, like, the worst day. But when you come home, there's always somebody that you know
0: is happy to see you yeah that's a fact and you've got boys and girls right
1: yes two boys two girls
0: so split right down the middle so this is something I like to ask because now you know I I just had my boy about a a year ago Uh, he'll be two in October so what's been like the biggest so what's the split so explain to me the splits first
1: 15 year old boy 11 year old girl 9 year old boy three-year-old girl
0: god one than the other one than the other so you've got like a perfect array of like going through it basically so um so what's the biggest difference i know you know kids vary because all kids are different of course but with the boys and the girls what's like the big difference
1: um the big difference i mean it's they all have different personalities and them all being different ages you know they they change like their, their personalities stay the same but they change and how they interact with you and each other and other people also changes over time
0: so i so that's that's something that i'm noticing now because you know my girls they just turned six um but the baby you know the baby's one and some change um so the, obviously their dynamic has changed more than now that he's a little bit older and they're able to interact with him a little bit more now that they're, my kids are still, my girls are a little less clumsy than they used to be. So we trust them a little bit more around the baby for sure. But I know with my son, he's just like, he's a, I know, once again, I know all kids are different, but my kid, my son is like a terror, man. He is so aggressive. Like, was it like that with your son?
1: No, Preston's always like, he's always been pretty chill. We only really have one crazy one. And that's Layla the three-year-old. Yeah, like she's the one that, you know, terrorizes our home.
0: The home. Yeah, that's that's, (laughs) I want to say I want to say all three of them terrorize, but the baby, he terrorizes the entire house like it's the girls. They would terrorize their room for sure, but they'd come in the living room and they'd play like they had some sense. But this baby, man, he is a—he like, is a force to be like reckoned with for sure. Um, that would be interesting to see them two in the same space because I, I spend time around your daughter, and you're you're one thousand um, percent. She's she's a force to be dealt with as well, but adorable yeah, as well. Yeah, man,
1: she she like you know she she duped us like in the beginning. She like you know when when Morgan was pregnant with her. Like the the question that I would ask is, is she, she going to look like me and act like you or look like you and act like me? Yeah. And then it was born. She looked like me, but she didn't act like Morgan. She was like really chill and really reserved for probably like the first six months. And then one day she belly laughed and now she thinks everything's at a game. <laughs>
0: Oh man, for sure. I remember I I I what I babysat for you guys one night and she, but she was on her best behavior with me. But I can tell that it was yeah. What,
1: like what what hood movie did you have my kids watching?
0: <laughs> I I forgot what movie that I had them watching. Something. I don't
1: know, I don't know if it was in too deep or waist
0: deep. Or it was waist deep. That's what it was. But that's because she was so like, like not into like. Really like doing anything? Like she was doing stuff, like she was playing, but she was playing so nice and calm. So I was like, "All right," I'll th-. I thought I was going to have to put you know a kid show on for her. She was not paying any attention to it. So I was like, "Okay, I well, watch." You know, she doesn't
1: like like, I, and I mean, she's probably not the only one. I think a lot of kids now they're not really into shows and movies because they have YouTube. You know, there are these mm. little like short videos yeah that they can cause const- like you know they can click back and forth between them so i don't know if it's an attention span thing or what but i guess they like they they don't watch tv like we used to where the show was on for 30 minutes or an hour now it's like five seconds yeah video yeah
0: and she was just so chill i thought she was gonna take a nap at one point so i was like oh she's gonna fall asleep so i'm watching a movie but then she came and sat down next to me and she was just sitting there but she was she wasn't paying attention to the screen so I just kept watching the movie. So when you guys came and left, the movie was came back in and the movie was still on. I didn't think about it until I got home. You were like, what hood booger film you had? On-? <laughs> <laughs> but I promise you, she wasn't paying attention. Uh, but it was, no, it, was, figured, it was. Like, I
1: thought, like, honestly, I thought that she, like, that she picked it because even her choice in music is, like, you know, she, she really enjoys her trap music.
0: And that's been that way. I, wanna, I remember she was really into trap music. Which, sneakily, you're into, too, so I don't want to hear it. (laughs) And just for the record, I call him JB, which is, you know, his initials, but also um, that's short for Jukebox, which is another nickname I gave him, because literally, we'd be at work, and any song you name, this guy knew at least the hook, if not all the damn words. Like, this guy... It was an encyclopedia of, I guess, encyclopedia is not for music, but whatever. For the the term, encyclopedia of music. Like, he knew all the songs. Yeah, man,
1: music and pop culture. I'm working on that, uh, you know, when I'm I'm old and on the cruise ship playing the trivia game, the goal is to win.
0: The goal is to win. on my bucket list. I mean, hey, you know, Jeopardy's never too far. I'm trying to win
1: the cruise ship game.
0: Oh, the cruise ship game. (laughs) Speaking of which, hey, we're about to go on a cruise, I want to say, at the end of this summer. Me and my wife are finally going to be able to take a vacation and so we're going to go on a cruise ourselves so i may need to uh use you to phone a friend man
1: which uh which which cruise line are y'all going with
0: uh what oh, shoot she knows all this royal caribbean there we go royal caribbean is where we going on
1: i like royal caribbean you, is it just going to be you two or are you guys taking the kids oh hell
0: no nah. it's just us <laughs> <laughs> it's just like we've actually never been on a vacation just the two of us it's always been with the kids and, yeah, you're gonna, you're
1: definitely gonna enjoy it, and you're definitely gonna enjoy. It. Once you're on the cruise with with Jess, Jenny, you'll you'll be happy that you didn't take the kids with you. Yeah, because like when you take kids with you, they have daycares, they have stuff for the kids to do. But the last one that we went on, I think Lyle was only two, and she got put out of the daycare for like excessive <laughs> crying. They give you this little phone that they call you on. We dropped her off. I gave her a pep talk on, you know. How we're going to be chill and nice and we got back to where we were sitting over by the pool and the phone started ringing mm, damn it man
0: <laughs> damn it man see my my kids the problem would be they'd start crying once we go to pick them up my kids love people man I, the girls anyway the girls love people the baby not so much he he's super attached to his mom but you were we're excited though for sure to get on this um cruise, cause, We've gone places, obviously, vacations with the kids, but we've never, not even a honeymoon. So, you know, it was, it's, this is going to be our first one. So it's super, super exciting. Um,
1: yeah, you're going to, you're definitely going to enjoy You're gonna, You're going to enjoy not having to cook anything. There's food all day and all night, endless drinks. Like it's, you're
0: going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, I can't wait, man. I really can't. And it's, it's really, it's really going to be dope. Um. Because with our situation, we've never really, like I said, we never really had that opportunity because my family lived in Jersey while we lived in in North Carolina and her family was in, uh, they were in Florida by that time. So we didn't have family and, you know, we've got a blended family. So we didn't have um, that constant support to be able to go ahead and just drop them off with someone because of the situation that we had um so we always had the kids so it was just every time it was just just us so but that kind of brings me to the next point where i wanted to to talk about um with blended families you've got one as well correct yeah yeah that's like the P- that's the pc term we're gonna go with blended family i like that one wasn't there a movie about that too blended yeah duh that was the name of it blended yeah i need to watch that again i think that was a really funny movie it was a sandler flick right I think it is. Yeah, I'm going to get off topic, so let me get back. Um, So, yeah, so with blended families, like, I know I've kind of gotten, um, I want to say my situation, which I'm going to say for another episode, is a little bit more of a, um, more of the dramatized, like, version of it. And mine is kind of one of those cautionary tales that will kind of scare people off. So, like, what I like to do here on the show is, like, talk about these kind of situations that people go through on both sides to kind of, like, give people advice and also just like a a insight more than advice on what it's really really like so i know um and as much as you're comfortable divulging of course um with blended families what is how was that like in kind of like instilling yourself with the kids let's start there with the kids
1: um it was it it's it's one of those things like you only know like you can hear about it and people can tell you about it, but you only know what it's like when you're the one that's actually in it.
0: That's
1: mm-hmm. like, as a kid, like, you know, like me and my dad didn't have a great relationship until I was an adult. And so, you know, one of the things I wanted to be was a dad. Well, when I started dating Morgan, she already had kids. So you start to like fill that role, even if they already have dads, you like, you know, you're the one, like you're in the house so you become a dad so i went from no kids to three kids overnight
0: boom yeah and, and you
1: at the time at the time i mm-hmm. think they were like 8 4 and 2
0: ooh yeah so that's 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 big then and that's cuz you were pretty young too no i was 20 yeah, that's, that's a big undertaking. And that's kudos to you, of course, because one thing we always like to celebrate here on the Breaking Dad podcast is fathers, but especially, um, not especially, but for sure, I like to give extra emphasis to, you know, quote unquote, stepfathers. I don't like the word stepfathers, um, but quote unquote, stepfathers, because it that's, that's a very big undertaking walking in the door, you know, whether it's a baby or in your case, an eight year old. So, um, kudos to you for sure um for for stepping up and stepping in um and assuming that role so how um so as far as with your relationship with them you with it being an eight-year-old how was that because that's the the boy correct
1: yeah the oldest boy mm-hmm. he's 15 now
0: mm-hmm.
1: um i think let's it also comes down to like who they are as individuals of too course. because michael was like uh he definitely wasn't timid, but I guess more of a softer kid Mm -hmm. that, and you know, like when you're, you know, like once you're like a man, you, you understand like how the world views men, what your role is, what you have to do. And then when you have boys, like you're raising somebody's future husband and father. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, sometimes it can like for a lot of people, like, you know, you hear about like the toxic masculinity thing and Mm -hmm. how, you know, men are usually like harder on their boys. And, really like men really like pro- like understand it the most because you've been a boy and now you, you like you know you grow up to be a man you understand that there's a certain like there's certain things that you just have to do yeah. and you have to instill it into the boy and to for them it, like it probably like, even for you like it sucks sometimes because oh, yeah. i feel like there's a reason why like you know i think moms are usually more nurturing and dads are usually like the disciplinarian because you need both
0: for sure and that's 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 big and that 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 is a great great perspective on it cuz you're right you're raising someone the someone else's dad and someone else's husband and that's the things you want to do and especially for you and i think um for for you that's got to be extra hard to be doing that at the age of 20 because you're coming in, you know what I'm saying? And you're still growing and learning yourself.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, I had a conversation with Morgan, I think, within the last week, where I was talking about, like, you know, I look at the age I'm at now, 27, and I think back to when my parents were 27. And I think I was probably like four, like five years old, five or six years old when my parents were the age that I'm at now. Yeah. And when you're the kid, you think like when you used to look at your parents, you think, "Oh, they got it all figured out. They know exactly what they're doing." Mm-hmm. Like you look up to, it and then when you get to their age, you're like, "Man, they didn't know nothing, they didn't know nothing. <laughs> and they said everything with conviction,
0: bro." I that's so funny that you say that because you know, there, our age difference is like what, maybe four years. So I'm about to turn thirty two. Uh, don't sue me on the math. I'm not a math guy, <laughs> Um but. um just in case that is wrong. But no, um, I just recently had a conversation with my mother. And that's one of the big things, I think, with parenting um, and the, kind of the, the spot I am because, you know, my kids are sick. So I, I had a conversation with my mom um, and she was explaining to me around the age that she was when I had when she had me. By the time she was in her 30s, my mom had already had um, her house for a couple of years. And that's, you know, the the market and everything. And it was a little bit, you know, I'll say it's a little bit easier, but my mom was an immigrant from a third world country you know what i'm saying coming to america yeah. so i always give her and even my dad that props for being able to you know cuz my dad came from a, a farm con- like a farm town in Haiti like he like came from the slums of the slums so like he um they both um were able to come here and then just looking back thinking back to my parents at that time like we got a house you know by the time i was in first grade we already had a house in the suburbs you know what i'm saying like we were we had white neighbors on both our sides and across the street from us you know and then my mom opened up her own independent business you know a few years later after that started in the basement of our house and moved forward so the point i'm making is i looked at my parents like they got it all figured out but then here i am and i'm just sitting here like yo they were really winging it and just making it <laughs> and, and really just knocking it out the park. Like it's like super kudos to them. And, you know, a bit of, you know, the man upstairs looking out for us all, but like, they was like really out here doing it, you know?
1: Well, you I mean, you also know, like when you, like when you look at your life before you have kids and then you look at your life after you have kids, like your, your motivation for things change because when you have like these other lives that are, one, looking at you, looking up to you and depending on you, you have no choice but to succeed. Like, I feel like that's like, if you're just doing it for you, yeah, you can succeed on like, you know, on your own and for yourself. But it's also like, you know, the, the risk reward thing, like it changes a lot when you're like, when you have kids, like when Mm -hmm. I was in the Academy to be a deputy, like it was a big challenge. Like they like, Ram the hell out of us and yeah like i knew like i could get through it but i also used to think like I, like i can't quit because if i quit how can i ever tell preston not to quit something
0: boom that i feel like that is the biggest thing right there like walking away from things before you would try stuff and you would or you would put yourself out there and if it wasn't working out you'd be able to walk away I feel like now, whenever I put myself into something new, I can never walk away now. You know what I'm saying? Because how can I look at my kids and tell them, no, you need to keep trying when they can just go, oh, daddy, but what about uh, when you tried pottery? You walked away from that. So why can't I quit, you know, uh, baseball? You know what I'm saying? Or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really, really. And, you know, quit, like sometimes I don't want my kids to quit things, but I do. I don't want my kids to waste their time at the same time. You know, so it's that balance that we have to... I think that's the thing. As you were saying before, back in the day, you know, with toxic masculinity, it was a certain way. It had to be this way. You had to do it. I feel like with this world now and, you know, us growing up in the 90s, especially, it was more of like, things were a lot more black and white. It was this or that, this or that. Nowadays, I feel like there's so many shades of gray and it's all about finding that balance. And it's like, it's kind of our duty now to also be a balanced person you know what i'm saying
1: yeah Yeah, like i feel like it's also i feel like parents now are definitely i think i don't know if it's we're allowed to be or if it's always been this way but it seems like like parents now are a lot more progressive than our parents were and their parents were i just feel like we're more open to things
0: i think now with us having and this is going to go into a little bit of race with us being you know african-americans in this world you know me being a haitian american it's so we'll just say black so being black in this in this world i feel like with us having more of the opportunities that we have due to the the work done by you know the people in the you know in the civil rights era and and things like that and with just with it being time i feel like we have we have the freedom to be more progressive on these things and because we've gone through things like the crack era and the you know um heavy gang culture era of the 90s you know the crack in the 80s 90s was a lot of gangs and stuff like that and the repercussions of those people it was that that it was that generation in the 80s those parents were crackheads so now they had kids so now they were parents you know what i'm saying and now we're on the other side of that you know and yeah, it's things got, really,
1: things got better over
0: time. Yeah. So I feel like it's more now. I feel like it's more about being a balanced person. Cause like you were saying, like father's having to be the disciplinarian. Like, I feel like now one thing for me, and I'll ask you this is for me now, I don't just tell my kids cause I said so, you know, I yeah, like, I tried
1: like, I, I not to do that too. Like, yeah. I think like me and Morgan, like, even like when we like dole out consequences, mm-hmm. like we lect- we lecture the hell out of the kids. Like I know sometimes they think like, man, they've been talking for like four hours. Like I mm-hmm. forgot why I'm even in trouble now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> for sure, and it's just. It, but I just think it's going to create a better human being when they get to know why it is. You know, it's still my rules, you know, and that's the balance I'm talking about. It's still my rules. I told you to do something, so do it. But here is why I'm telling you to do it. You know what I'm saying? Well,
1: yeah, I, like, and, like it's, and it's easy. Like, with Michael being 15, like, you know, he's almost out of the house. Like, he's three, year, three years away from being considered an adult.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, he's going to go off to, like, you know, he's going to go off to college, join the military, start working. Like, he's going to do something. But he's getting close to that point. So, like, we, I, like I tell the boys, like, we, we switched it up with Michael now. Like, he has a lot more... Like what he's going to do is just what he's going to do. And we're here to like guide him and, you know, help him. But like what I tell Preston a lot is, you know, about decisions. Like right now, like when we tell you to do something, I need you to do it because you're just not at the point of being able to make those decisions for yourself yet. But there will come a time where you do have to make decisions Mm -hmm. and you have to live with the decisions and how they affect other things. Right now, I mean, Right now, it's easy. All you have to do is what we tell you to.
0: That's it. You don't have to make that decision on what it is to do. I think that's what got lost on our generation. And part of that is because we didn't really get explained. It was do it because I told you to do it. Do it because it's my rules. Do it because this is what I said to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how it was. Now we kind of understand. And I feel like that kind of prepares them for certain things. Like with my kids, like my kids are super young. You've got, you know, like you said, a 15 year old. But what I try to instill in the girls is, you know, we're, we have the thing with the shoes. My, my wife bought this thing from Ikea. Uh, it's to put the shoes away, you know? And it's something as simple as that. We don't just say, put your shoes away because I told you so. I grew up We didn't put our shoes on the carpet. Did I know why? No. It was just (laughs) shoes don't go on the damn carpet. You know what I'm saying? But it's more for us. It's just to like instill organization in them. You know, that's something that I wish that it took me until I had my own place to really understand organization, and especially as a boy. And that's something that I want to instill in Xavier. You know, is that organization that having things. So whereas I grew up more of a like, this is why you do it. You just do it. So I never understood why. So then when I had my own place, let's put things how I want to put it. You know what I'm saying? Rather than understanding that you can put it how you want to put it, but put it in a way that it's functional or put it in a way that it's presentable. So, like, I know for me, my room, hot mess. I used to have, you know, back in the day um, in my mom's house, I had... um, like a little makeshift recording studio. Shout out to to all my boys. I used to, used to be rappers, right? So our thing was that we would, um, my room would be a hot mess. Obviously I would have people over, you know, my my friends over, but they're all guys. But if I was having a female over, I used to have to, you know, do that two, five minute dash of trying to stuff everything away and putting things away. You know what I'm saying? So I felt like that's yeah. something I had to develop into that I don't want to have to. I want to give my child that leg up by explaining to them, this is why you do things a certain way. Like I have a saying, do it right or don't do it at all. There's no point of doing something if you're not going to do it the right way. Now, what the, now, what the right way is, that could be subjective, but that's for you to decide later on as to why, how you want to do it. But understand that if you're going to do something, do it the right way.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, with me and my parents, like, my parents were split up as far back as I can remember, so, you know, I would go to my dad's house on the weekends, and it was mostly, like, I I lived with my mom, and they both, like, my mom did a little, like, you know, it was kind of, like, half and half with the, because I said so, but then there was also, like, there were a lot of times of her explaining things, like, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't, like, because I did it, like, I did or I didn't do something, it was, like, just random like random lectures like and just drilling it in my head like you know what you need to do and why and then my dad he was more so the I did or I didn't do something and it, he was going to explain it then because I remember I went over when I was probably like Preston's age like eight or nine I was over at his house for the weekend and on like the last day he was just like have you showered at all since you've been here and I was like <laughs> no he's like you changed your underwear I'm like no he's like you need to he's like, you need to shower every day. He's like, don't no woman want no stinky man. Like <laughs> and like he didn't go into detail, but it that was enough for me. Like, because yeah. I thought, Oh yeah, he's right. He's like, Yeah, he's like, one day you're gonna grow up, he's like, You wanna go on dates? And he's like, You're gonna wanna meet women. He's like, They don't wanna be with no stinky man. He's like, You gotta shower every day. So like I shower every day. Yeah. But it's also being different people. I've said that to the boys, and here we are, still got to remind them, like, oh, when was the last time you showered? Yeah. I don't know. Has it been a while? Yeah. Yeah. Look.
0: <laughs> yeah. That, I feel like that's one of the... It's kind of... It, it translates to sports. Like, some of the, like the best players don't make good coaches because they are who they are. You get what I'm saying? Like, Magic yeah. Johnson wasn't a good coach because he would, like, press somebody to do something. And it's like, well, I'm not you. I can't do it the way you do it. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of, like, how it is sometimes with parenting is, like, I feel like we get... I sometimes get in the mode of, this is how it was explained to me when I was a kid. Yes, I'm trying to do it different, but I got it when, the, like, it clicked for me when it was broken down like this. And then you try to break it down like that to them, and they'll either sometimes get it or sometimes don't. You get what I'm saying? So, like, in that aspect, like you said with your son, you'll tell him, you know, don't no girl want no stinky man. And to you, it clicked. But you try that with him, and he just thinks of it like, okay, what and it don't, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't register the same. So I feel like sometimes, especially like with getting to know your kid, it's sometimes finding out exactly what it is that can flip that switch for them. You get what I'm trying to say?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It really is like, because we, I, I hate having the same conversations mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Yeah. And with the kids, we have the same conversations about feeding the dogs, letting the dogs out, cleaning the kitchen, cleaning mm-hmm. up after themselves, cleaning mm-hmm. the bathroom, getting the clothes off the floor in the bathroom. Like that we probably had that kind like, I probably said this is the last time I'm going to say this at least a hundred times.
0: Oh, for sure. <laughs> I think that's just the, that's the beautiful torture of parenting is that you're going to repeat yourself and it's just. Until that, you know, something clicks into. Them. Sometimes it's, it's a situation outside the home. Like I know there was a couple of times with me. It was my parents taught me something, told me something over and over and over again. And it didn't click with me until something happened outside the home. And then their words resonated with me. Or, you know, this that walk home and you're thinking, oh, my parents are going to kill me. They told me da-da-da-da. And then, oh. You get what I'm trying to say? Like I feel like sometimes yeah. some kids are really good at learning from the mistakes of others some kids are really good at learning from their own mistakes and some kids don't learn from their own mistakes. You know, some kids are just going to make the same mistake over and over again until, you know, divine intervention or like life takes its course. And I mean,
1: some things like, I mean, I feel like some things don't make any sense until you have kids of your own. Yeah. Like there are plenty of times where I end up saying something and then I swear it's not my voice. It's like my dad's voice that comes out Yeah, and I'm like, you know, like man, I didn't say that. Like, but it, and then it don't when you're saying it to your kid, the same thing that was said to you. Mm-hmm. Like, you thought you understood it, but now you understand
0: it even better. Now I understand at a whole different level, and I think that's really, really like that's part of the beauty of it. Sometimes you know what I'm saying is those times where you really just have a chance to sit back. Like I remember for me, and this is kind of cheesy and it's kind of funny. It's the the movie Training Day, right? It was always a point in Training Day, the part in Training Day when Ethan Hawke's character, uh, Jake, obviously goes over to Alonzo's house, and he ends up falling on the sleep, uh, falling asleep on the couch with Alonzo's son. And I just remember always wanting that moment. You know what I'm saying? And I, I just, I don't know what it was about that moment of just like, and it wasn't even his kid. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't even his kid. But I was like, I always said, man, I can't wait to you know have that moment with my son where I'm able to just you know be kicking it with them and spending that time with them you know, we take a little nap and we wake up and, you know, go about our day. And, you know, obviously I've got a baby, so, or a toddler. So they nap all the time in my hand, in my arm. So it's, it's not the same, but it's like, it wasn't until I had him that I truly understood the, you know, the gravity of that bonding moment, you know, or that, like, that, that connection that you can have with a kid. So like for my son, it's a lot of times when he first wakes up, and I get to wake up with them. And it was just something I didn't get to do with the girls because I worked overnight, you know? And yeah. even on our days off, and I work, only work night shifts. So on, on my days off, when I did go to sleep or even over those weekends, I, I slept in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I never got that up. So there was no midday naps, you know, or, you know, Sunday afternoon naps or anything like that. So, it, but, like, it wasn't until I had my own child and... um was able to experience that because you know I had the girls, but I didn't have that opportunity to experience that in that way with my son, which you know, as we said before, sometimes it's like a whole nother ball game, you know, once you have your son, you have your own child.
1: Yeah, like it's different. like the, the way like I would love to say that you know, I'm like the same way with all of the kids, like the boys and the girls, but I think it's because the uh the mission, for all of them is different Like the mm-hmm. boys are somebody's future husband and father And the girls are somebody's future mother and wife mm-hmm. So I do know that I have a tendency to be a lot more Probably like tender with the girls Yeah Like probably even like when it comes to like doling out tasks Like you know the boys take the trash out Do the dishes this and that And the girls like Yeah like you know uh, like, Turn TV off Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's going to like it's that's just going to happen, I think. But for me, I don't know. I I might want to try because you never know. Because especially me, I have twins. You know what I'm saying? They might end up being each other's roommates. You know, in their twenties. Yeah. So who's going to take the trash out? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's one of those things. Like I I. But then when it, I think about it, and then when I think and try to think forward, and that's what I I I like to do forward thinking a lot raising my kids. I like to raise them in, in the future in my head a lot. Um, and I'm thinking, like, when they're 13, I can't see myself telling them to go take the trash out. But I sure as hell can think about telling my boy at 13 to take the trash out. You know what I'm saying? But I yeah. don't want to get caught in those kind of social norms. Because I want my daughters to be as self-sufficient as possible. You know?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, like, that's, like, that's like the responsibility of a, of a father. is like, you know, it's, like, to make them self-sufficient and independent. But also... You know, you have to raise daughters with, like, a super high self-esteem. Yeah. Like, like you know, I tell the girls they're beautiful because they are. But I also tell them because, like, like especially Laila, because, you know, from the time she was born. Because I, I like that it. it's gotten to the point where she doesn't even say thank you anymore when I say you're beautiful. She just says I know or just disregards me altogether. Yeah. Because what the, the snot-nosed boy walks up to her trying to say, like, oh, I'm going to tell her she's beautiful. That will make her, like, you know, give me a ten... That it's gonna have zero effect. Unless yeah, she really likes it. Gonna have no effect. Like the the hey, beautiful ain't gonna work on her. It's yeah. not gonna work on the girls.
0: Yeah, I tell like I tell my daughters all the time that they're queens. So that hey, queen DM isn't gonna ain't gonna hit the same. You know what I'm saying? Like you're gonna have to try harder to impress my daughters. And I want my son to be to understand that he's gonna have to do a lot more. He's gonna have to come with his A game. And it's not gonna have to be. A, and what I don't want it to be is game. I want you to present your best self, which is going to be yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, you're going to have your flaws. And I'm, you know, me, JB, when you met me, I was no different from the first day you met me to now. You know what I'm saying? I've always been that way. I give you my full self front and forward. So you can't say, you can never say that I switched up on you. You can never say I'm different or or he acting different now. That's just how I operate. And that's how I, you know, you hope your children, you know, those traits, the good traits that you like the most about you or that you feel is the most successful for yourself, you kind of want them to have their own traits, but you want to give them good tools as well. So I want them to have that ability to not have to put their best foot forward because they're giving their true self, which is their best foot forward, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it
0: does. Yeah. So that's just what I do. I, I, you just get me and that's what you're going to get. You like you like you don't, you don't, and you, and you move on from there. You know me, I ruffled quite a bit of feathers with that approach. But, I mean, that's just the way I go.
1: Yeah, man. Like, I mean, it's even like going back to Michael. You know, he was eight when me and Morgan started dating. And now he's 15. And how he started off, like, he was a a lot more softer. And he is, like, I mean, he's an emotional guy. And he's very forgiving. And they're all qualified that I love about him Mm -hmm. like you know it's 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 a great way to be but I also knew that like yeah you can you cannot be a man and be this soft like I had to give him like instill some kind of edge and bring out what was already in him like Mm -hmm. the like tenacity and like you know the perseverance because I remember I think he was probably like 12 years old when I can't remember what he did, but the consequence was like, he, he, he pissed me off because he said he, he like he said it can't like he can't do something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if I told you to do 100 pushups, do you think you could do it? And he was like, no. So he did 100 pushups and he strained and he won and like mm-hmm. it, it, it was bad. But he did the 100 pushups. But he did a, and yeah. it was like, you know, that. You know, I knew he could do it. He just had to know that he could do it. And the only way to get him to know that was to make him do it. To make him do it.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And that's... Yeah, go ahead. Like, it it also, like, I feel like for... Like, you know, that's like... It's kind of like that approach with me and the kids of, like, you know, the punishments are, like, you know, working out. is because it's kind of like how, like, you know, when you played sports, like, that's kind of what coaches did. Mm -hmm. like Like, pain retains. It's not something that's malicious. And it also, like, you like you feel strong like mentally and
0: physically for sure i i always it's kind of funny there's a, a a memory that i always go back to and it was um for football season and it was at the very beginning of practice first thing you did before we stretched before we did every, anything we used to have to run four laps around the entire um not just the football field so it wasn't just the football field it was the football field the bleachers? around the bleachers the football field back to where we um got chain, our field house. So it was the entire thing. We had to do four laps around it. And I remember at the beginning of the season thinking like, yo, I'm not going to be able to do this. Like, And I was a track guy, you know what I'm saying? But I was always a sprinter. And I always put in my head that long distance isn't me. It isn't me. is isn't me. So when football season came around and I did it and I was just like, holy crap, I can do this. Don't get me wrong now, whenever it came to, to, to track season, if it was anything over the 200 meter, I'm not doing it. <laughs> but, I, but it gave me that it, it instilled that in me that, you know what? like I can do this. And then I remember one practice. Um, there was just one guy on the team. I think his name was I think it was either Dante Payne or Brandon Smith. It was one of those two because I remember they made me want to quit because they were just like constantly messing up and then talking back to the coach. So their way of teamwork was everybody run the lap. And I just remember having to run over and over again. And I just remember running behind them and just staring at the back of their head. And just like, you know what I'm saying? And then before I knew it, I had ran like six laps. And I was just like, and this was after we had already did the four and practiced. You know what I'm saying? So it just went to show me, you know, through the punishment of having to, you know, do all these laps, that there's a lot more that I can do. You know, and a lot more that I can do once I get that can't out of my head.
1: Yeah, like limits like I mean limits are temporary. I'm not gonna say limits don't exist, they mm-hmm. do. Yeah, for sure. But they're they temporary. Like today you may only be able to do one push up, but then tomorrow you may be able to do two and mm-hmm. then three and like the limits change. And I feel like those lessons that you know you learn on your own in your own life when you have kids, you you definitely try to teach them like, you know, there's so much unknown to like parenting and life in general, that when you know, you know something, you try to give those lessons to your kids. Yeah. for So one of the things that I definitely understood was that like, you know, I've been fit my whole life, like working out and doing sports and doing martial arts and going through academies. Like it's been like tried and tested so many times that it's not so much the physical thing. I mean, it's a nice benefit, but it's really just how it changes your mentality when you, push yourself so often
0: yeah which is a perfect segue into kind of what i wanted to talk about so um you yourself as you said you're always fit so tell me a little bit about like uh i won't call it a side side hobby because it's more like a lifestyle for you um so tell me a little bit about that with um your workout journey and your uh fitness journey i want to say that that's a little better
1: well i mean i started I tried to work like I was a really really small kid. Like I was really skinny and I was I was short until like high school. And you know, just like any any boy, like you know, when you're watching like these action movies and you're watching Dragon Ball Z and stuff like and you're looking around at, like, the, the guys that girls date, like, you're just like, man, I need to get me some muscles. Like, and I tried working out, a, like, several times. And this is something I haven't thought about in years. But I did just start working out and stick with it from the jump. Like, I actually tried a couple times, and I had no idea what I was doing. I was doing the push-ups and the sit-ups. And me, I was still skinny. Like, and when I was 15, I had my mom buy me some dumbbells, Asked the buddy how I like, you know, fill my arms out. So I wasted all my beginner gains on like, you know, lower chest and biceps. <laughs> but I gained like, I went from like 98 pounds to like 140 in a summer. I had hmm. that summer transformation in yeah. high school. Yeah. And then like, I did, I did martial arts when I was a kid, but you know, that wasn't anything for like, muscle building that was more of like the mentality and just being like you know i was just in shape because of it and because i was a kid with a lot of energy but then after i like i gained that you know 40 pounds then i joined the wrestling team and then of course i continued to work out and then i was gonna join the marines so i started working out with them every tuesday and thursday and one saturday a month and really started pushing myself and then i had a couple mma fights i did that and then I became after high school, I became a bouncer and I was like 155 then. Like I had actually like lost weight after high school, like that summer, because I was just hanging out and partying. And they were like, yeah, we'll give you the job because, you know, like some people vouch for you and heard you did martial arts, stuff like that. But you got to gain some weight. They're like, these aren't teenagers and kids. These are grown men. Like, yeah. you don't know, anything about that man strength. So then <laughs> I worked out then to gain weight. And then it just like, you know, after working out for years, it just became a part of my lifestyle. And then with work, you know, when we were working in the prison, working in the jail, becoming a cop, like, you know, I don't want to get hurt or somebody else get hurt because
0: I'm not in shape. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I'm not in shape. Mm -hmm. And then I always wanted to get into like bodybuilding. So last year I called a buddy that I knew that I was in high school with, that was a trainer. And even though I've been a personal trainer, I knew like it's good to have that second set of eyes and somebody that's actually like not just worked out to be in shape, but like trained for competitions. I decided to do a competition. So I had my first one last month and I have another one coming up in September.
0: So, so that's, Oh, that's how, so how is that going? Let's say that that's how I kind of want to phrase the question. So how is, as far as that aspect of it? So we get the background of it. So with you going into competitions, because um, I know you, you're a bit of a competitive guy yourself. Um, yeah. How is that um, that transition into this or stepping into that new, new world?
1: Um, the only thing that's new as far as competing is like, you know, I'm competing now in something that's so subjective. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like when I played sports when I was a wrestler and it's like, you know, you either win the match or you don't. Yeah. Like, now it's like you're being judged on your physique. So... I prepped for, like, I learned a lot in my first prep. I prepped for nine months. It wasn't supposed to be that long, like, with scheduling, with work, and, you know, personal life. It, like, the prep was way longer than it needed to be. I was probably ready for a show, like, six weeks after I actually started prepping for it. Yeah, But it still wasn't for months. And so after working out for, you know, over 10 years, I already had, like, muscle. So it's not like I had to it was not like I was starting from square one. So the muscle was good. I had to learn posing. I had to buy the shorts and get the tan and, you know, go up there. But I started to like, it went from being excited to do the show to, I was tired of prepping. Like Mm -hmm. I was ready to just be done with it. So towards the end of my prep, I didn't take it as seriously, which hurt me because I didn't make top five. And then when I went to go ask the judges, you know, honestly like you know if it's my personal opinion how did these definitely two of these five guys that placed ahead of me like they did not look great at all i'm like how did they place above me and they're like well you had they're like you have great muscle they're like you have a great back your posing was great good symmetry but you just lack conditioning which is i didn't come and shredded enough. And they're like we knew you could have done better so we just couldn't reward you for the other things mm.
0: that's a lesson that's that's actually kind of dope Of them to do I feel like it knowing you and knowing your personality I feel that that's gonna make you bounce back for your next one even better Oh yeah cuz I
1: got like I didn't get angry like you know I wasn't mad at the judge or anything because I knew like that I didn't come in as conditioned as I should have Mm -hmm. and I knew that if I didn't place well that was gonna be the reason why yeah I had also told my coach like a couple months before the show one night we were just chopping it up and talking about it and I was just like you know if I if I don't show up at my best I I can't win because if I do, that'll set, like, the precedence for me of, yeah, I, can, I could cut I corners. I could take that seriously and I'm still going to win. Yeah, I could would, cut corners. Would not have been good for me.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I'll say that about you because um, I met you at, what, 23 going into 24, right? I want to say yeah, it was around that time. Yeah, I was
1: 23.
0: You were always like that. You know what I'm saying? You weren't someone that does anything, like, that does well with excuses or, like, giving yourself a pass and, you know, and you were always you know, this is the path I have to take. And if I don't get there, it's no one's fault but my own. You didn't do excuses. So um, I'm definitely, you know, excited to see where you, you, you take that and how far you can go with it. Because, you know, I know that you're going to put in as much as, you know, all that you can into it. And it's about that balance because, you know, you're a husband, you're a father, and, you know, you've got a career as well. So, um, but I can see that you enjoy this. You know, just from the outside looking in, you know, we haven't had too many conversations. This might be our first conversation about it, you know, but just yeah. hearing it like from our conversations as we had. When you really enjoy something, I can hear the difference in your voice because I'm kind of where we worked. And, and it's you in our, the shifts that we worked. We spent 12 hours of pop with each other. You know what I'm saying? And we all yeah, we have to do it- is talk, <laughs> <laughs> you know, all we have to do is talk. So like you can hear, so for me anyway, I think that was my, you know how like when you, you get into a career, you get a job and when you're really good at it, you, there's something that you have that kind of sets you apart from the other people. For me, it's always been an attention to detail. I don't know if you noticed that with me, but I was, I I was always super like into the being able to spot the difference in something. So like when, You know some of the guys were there lying to me i would know just by the different inflection in their voice or like i could tell when they're just trying to distract me from something because of the way that they spoke to me or the way they were standing the way their feet were positioned and that was kind of me with sports as well i was always able to do you know have that as well and that's what kind of made me last as long as i did in sports at the you know short height of five foot four (laughs) you know um and I think in high school, I was never more than 150 pounds. So between track and football, I would I was overachiever for sure. And I think that that in law enforcement was my quote unquote superpower. So when we talked, I could always hear when you were super excited about something or if you were, you know, if we were just, you know, filling up the air and space and just talking about some crap, you know, by the different inflection in your voice. But I can tell from just this conversation that this is something that you really, really enjoy and are excited about. And that just gets me excited for where you can go with it for sure, man
1: Yeah, like I'm glad like, you know, everything happens for a reason like I'm glad that I had the lessons that I've learned over time that like there was so much work that was put in before I started prepping for the show yeah. that helped me end because I couldn't remember the, like the last time I like lost like and like it was probably like as a wrestler, like when I was in high school, that was probably the last time I actually like lost, like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because so it was not a new feeling, but I forgotten what it even felt like. And then I also like my mindset changed so much over the years since I was like a high school wrestler, because now when I look at a loss, like I just, it's a really just a lesson, mm-hmm. like, like, it's not like I don't view it as like, oh, I lost because that kind of mindset it, like, of course I felt bad and it sucked and, you know, you put in this work, but I also knew why it happened yeah. and I also knew, like, I knew how to fix it yeah and, and all I thought was, okay, like, I just thought of that Muhammad Ali quote, like, you know, I'll show you how great I am. Totally. All right, I lost my first show. Okay, now I'm going to go be a pro. Like, yeah. I'm going to, every show, like, I'm going to work so hard that when anybody sees me backstage... The only thing they're thinking is, man, I don't know if I'm gonna come in how second or hell, third because hell first is already spoken for. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that's the that's an amazing mindset to have for it, for sure. And I'm like I said, I'm super excited to see where you go with it because that's. Um, Cause you're like, you know, in, in, in sports, especially in football, we have a term that's overused. Like you're, you know, you say somebody's a dog and I, I'm not a big fan of it just cause like I said, I have to feel like it gets overused, but for like the purpose of this conversation, you've got that dog in you, you know what I'm saying? You're not afraid of the work, the hard work, the grind to get through it. Cause like I said, I met you at 24, you came in um, to the jail and then was instantly talking about, yeah, I'm going deputy after this. And then went instantly and you had just came from the prison system. So you had just went through an academy to come to this academy and go through that academy to go through another academy, you know. and I,
1: Three academies in a year and a half. Yeah,
0: like that. It was nuts. And, you know, I was there at your graduation like a damn proud daddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and me and dad, me and Mac were there like proud fathers, man, just because like I, I knew you set that goal. And then just watching you achieve it, you know, and just being to being able to be on the sideline to, you know, watch you achieve it was like very it was real dope, you know what I'm saying so it, it, it also lit a fire in me as well, which is always great when your the people are in your atmosphere can also inspire you to be your better you because a lot of things are internal you know and there's there's internal inspirations and in, you know and things like that but the external ones are really really great. like if you notice me, I kept a specific type of person in my atmosphere. You know, like I, there were, we worked with a lot of people, but I didn't make myself available to a lot of people. And when I, and when I was cool with you and when you were somebody that I recognized something in, I, you know, you got access to me, you know, I didn't let a lot of people around my kids. I'm very selective with the people around, I let around my kids, you know, but you're around my kids. You see, Mac was around my kids. Um, I let, you know, Dez, I let Dez around my kids It's just certain people, you know, and, and for sure with, um, that, like, I hate to say the word, but that dog in you was something that I really, that really inspired me. So I don't know if I ever told you that, but for sure, just know that your journey and, and, and the way that you took, uh, to get to where you wanted to get, it, it definitely inspired me.
1: Oh, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. And I also liked I mean, I really enjoyed, like, working with you and working with Mac because coming from, like, the prison, like, I didn't have to learn the job of, like, I just had to learn the way that they did things, like, in the jail. Mm -hmm. But coming from the prison where there were so many people that, like, just did not take it seriously, like, they did not take the job seriously. And I'm like, bro, like, you realize we could die in here, right? Like, the chances of it happening are, like, as an individual are slim, but that chance is there, like, every Mm -hmm. shift. Every shift. And coming from a place where a lot of people didn't, like, I had, like, quite a few people that cared, but I worked with, like, some people that really didn't or that were just straight up scared. Mm-hmm. So I did enjoy, like, working with you and Mac because you guys actually took it seriously. Yeah. And, like, it, it you know, in an environment like that, you want to work with people that you know have your back. Not, like, oh, I hope they do or I think they might. Like, yeah actually knowing like yeah they got my back in here we're going like i'm getting like, home to you, my you don't have to like you don't have to stress
0: as much. exactly it's a stressful environment stressful situation but you have confidence that i'm getting home to my family that was always my thing and that's part of why i always took it so seriously because my family was why i did it you know i did it to provide for my family i didn't love that job you know what i'm saying that aspect of the job And that kind of takes me to my next um, topic because it's tough for me and it was always tough for me mentally because, um, you know, when we look at that system or that environment and you see a lot of people that look like you, you know what I'm saying? And it was really, really hard. You understand that for some people, a lot of those people, it was their choices. You know what I'm saying? We know environment takes a part in it, you know, but it was their choices, but it's still hard to see. And we know how things are skewed. So it's kind of like you've got double things against you. I, I'm not someone that subscribes to the, oh, you know, just because I'm black, yada, yada, yada. I don't yeah. subscribe to it 100%, but I know that it's a factor. You know what I'm saying? So as kind of like you said, it's, it. you know, the chances of us getting hurt was, you know, slim, but it was still present. It's like that as well. Where it's like there's an added microscope on you for being black. And then you're put in these, you know, and then you're in the situation where you're from these environments where there is limited options. And then there's all these other factors on top of it. But then you also have your choice to make. And then you make the, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's just like you see everyone else make that choice. And it's easy to go with the grain, you know, go with the wave.
1: Like for me, like there are a lot of things where, you know, like, like, I was born in Fayetteville, but I grew up in the Bronx in New York, and then I went to high school in Fayetteville. So they're both not, like, you know, phenomenal areas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people, people, you know, they see me and they hear me and they think one thing and they don't realize that, like, like when I worked in the, the prison, when I worked in the jail, like, even now, like, on the road or when I was in the courthouse, like, sometimes, like, other black men would try to like tell me like i don't know how it is Mm -hmm. and like my upbringing was worse than theirs yeah (laughs) we ended up in two different places yeah and i always want like you know i have spent time thinking over the years about like why is that and it's because like you know i think it really just came down to who who i am as an individual guidance and then also there were just opportunities like and i i took them like Mm
0: -hmm.
1: i went to public school in elementary school and then I tested in to a prep school for middle school.
0: Yeah, and that's it. Wow. It was still, it was still a prep
1: school in the Bronx. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, it's understandable. Yeah, I get you. And that's and that's where I think where I don't describe I don't prescribe to the people with the pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality, or, you know, way of thinking of it, because not everyone is afforded a boot. You get what I'm trying to say? Like, yes, yeah. you were you granted you were given that opportunity. There were some people that weren't. You know, as I said, I didn't have the roughest of, uh, of upbringing because I grew up in a suburb of Roselle, New Jersey. You know, granted, it has gotten worse as years gone by. But it when I moved in there, like I said, I had a like a 60, 60 something year old white lady to the left of me. I had a 50 something year old white couple to the right of me and like a 50 something year old white man right across the street from me, you know, like directly across the street from my house. So that was what I, you know, and like I said, I've had had Puerto Ricans and black people down the street and whatever. And, you know, that's not to say I had it easy, but I had it easier for sure. Hell, I have cousins in, you know, on the island of Haiti that had it way rougher than I did. I have cousins that grew up in New York City that had it way rougher than I did. You know, I had family members in, you know, some of the worst places, you know, that grew up in Elizabeth, New Jersey. So...
1: no. i think for me it's like when it comes to you know the pull yourself up by your bootstraps. like i'm 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 with it as much as i'm not yeah because it's you know like i have done it like when i set goals like i go out there and get it i started at the prison i was making 30 grand a year i'm like i want to make more whenever mm-hmm. the jail make 36 i'm like i want to make more yeah. whenever i became a deputy you make 45 then i was like i want more so then i like killed myself with off-duty like working overtime Mm -hmm. and then made like 80 grand that year like and then now the mindset is like all right I'm not gonna chase a salary anymore like I'm gonna do what I like to do but also I definitely want the compensation that comes with like working that hard and it's not and it doesn't involve a salary yeah and it's when I talk to like friends about you know making your life Better, and even like you know, when it comes to like careers and jobs and opportunities, it's for me. It's all about like it really is just your mindset. Like, do you believe you can do it? Like a lot of people, I feel like spend so much time looking at what other people have Mm -hmm. and saying like, well, they got there because of this and they got that because of that, yeah, and not thinking about what they can get. Like, what what about? Why are you so focused on what someone else has? What do you What do you want to do?
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's just unfortunate. And that's where my heart goes out to those who either don't have the means or the opportunity or even the foresight. Sometimes the because like we, we talk about our upbringings as far as um, our parents and their mindsets are going about things. There's some people who are being raised by people with the wrong mindset, you know, and there's always those exceptions. And I try not to. Um, On my past episodes, I've spoken about this. I try not to worry about the exceptions or the, you know I'm saying, the outliers. People get too caught. You talk about a subject and then they bring up an outlier. You know, I like to focus on the mean, you know, like what's the average, what normally happens, you know, and then I attack that there. Like, for example, um, you know, when on like Father's Day, I like to talk about Father's Day. You know, there's that always that joke that goes around. Oh, look at the single mom saying happy Father's Day to themselves. That's not. That's not the average. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. not that common. Like, yes, it happens, and, you know, you may see it, and I feel like that sticks out to us, but that's not what normally... It's the, the days about that. Don't worry about that. Say Happy Father's Day to yourself, to the other fathers you know, and keep it moving. Don't worry about the single women that are doing that because, honestly, they're they're not the norm. So with the same thing for me is, like, to, to, to kind of, like, tie up the point I was trying to make is, for me, when I was in law enforcement... It was hard. And then working in jail, it was hard for me mentally in that situation, looking, especially working at nights. And, you know, we got to do cell checks and looking in that cell. And, you know, that's the realest time, you know, when those lights go off and you got to you know, flash. Oh, yeah. that light, that's when they're alone in the dark with their thoughts. And it was always. And, you know, like I said, for those those years that I worked there, it was always nights. So I was constantly every time I worked there being put in that, you know, mind frame of, like, looking at this person, like, man, what decision they made to get them here, you know, what circumstances and decision got them there, and looking at this guy that might be here for a year and a half and thinking about all that I can do in a year and a half, and they're spending it, you know, in this environment, rather than that. Yeah, I, living get, I used
1: to do that math, too, like, yeah. when, especially, like, when I was at the prison, like, those mm-hmm. guys, like, now, now they are there, there is no, yeah. like, they're past the trial and everything and plea deals and when you would see like like when i would see like a 19 year old kid mm-hmm. like and he he got 20 years to serve i'm just like man your life is over before you even knew yeah. what you had yeah like and then thinking like 20 years like and i do the math of subtracting because i was 22 at the prison yeah i'm like i was locked up from the time of two years old to this point and that's how much time he has to do yeah and think about all the life I've lived in just those 20 years and how much more life, like how old my kids will be in 20 years.
0: Yeah. Like, it's...
1: How it, much... Like, it like, seeing those guys at that time, like, yeah. at night, you know, you know, just in a daze where they're just sitting up, like, or mm-hmm. laying in the bed, staring at the ceiling, or looking at the wall, and you know, like, yeah, they were able to d- be distracted all day with, you know, the BS and the drama and eating and TV and, you know, work and games. But at night when there ain't nothing else going on, but us walking by hitting like, you know, doing clocks like they just seeing them at that time. Like you, you know exactly what he's thinking.
0: Yep, exactly. And that and so that was always big for me. And it was it, it ties into what you were saying before where it was like. Here's this decision on salary or in happiness. You know what I'm saying? And we had conversations after I left because you remember I I ran into you when I was working at my next job. And at my next job, I was, you know, we had that conversation about just how much happier I was, you know, and it was just about just how how that weight just felt lifted off my shoulders being in a new environment and just not having to be face to face with those certain uh, burdens anymore um with it so that was what helped me you know feel like I made the right decision and it wasn't about the dollars because if it was about the money you know I probably would have stayed but it's really about finding that happiness you know at this point in life while still being able to provide for my family so it's kind of like it like I said before about wanting to be a balanced parent you also have to be find that balance between being a parent husband and for yourself as well for sure
1: Yeah. Like, it's not like, you know, shit, like, you know, does money help? Of course. (laughs) And can everybody use more money? Yep. But it's also like, it's not all about money. It's about like what you like and love and then also your why, what you're doing it for.
0: Exactly. I feel like, and I I feel I may have shared this with you a long time ago, obviously, but I always, and I feel like I always say it, I was going, this is when I first found out I was having the twins. And um, the job I was working just wasn't cutting it. Obviously, this was before I was working at the jail. And um, <clears throat> there was an old guy there. It was an older gentleman there. And he told me, you know, he was asking me. And then he, I was like, yeah, I'm about to have twins. And I need, you know, more money. So I wanted to make sure I'm working here. So I'll be working here, getting paid a, a weekly check overnights here. But then I worked during the days there. And he was like, listen, brother, I understand, you know, what you're trying to do, young man. And, but just understand this. That, you know, with all the money that you have and you can spend it on whatever, the most important thing you could spend on your children is time. And that always resonated with me, you know, and I just needed to put myself in that position. That's why I took that overnight position so that during the days I could be present with them while they're awake. Because I figure while they're asleep, you know, I can go ahead and work and make some money. And, you know, obviously (laughs) that toll, that overnight shift takes on you for sure. But that's always big with me is about you know what i can spend the you know the best thing i could spend with my kids is time for sure
1: yeah that's something that i'm still learning still trying to figure out the balance
0: yeah work work life marriage balance is like it's a triangle but you're not trying to balance it on the bottom half you're trying to balance it on the point at the top you know yeah so it's 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 really tough and you know like we said we we thought our parents had it all figured out and they were just figuring it out and we're still figuring it out for sure. For yeah, sure.
1: I think that's why people love being grandparents.
0: <laughs> yeah, cuz at that point <laughs> at that point, yeah, for sure. For sure, but I'm in no rush.
1: <laughs> their their job, their job looks
0: a lot more fun. Oh yeah, I just come we're gonna
1: in sp- candy, we're going to go watch some movies all park, and, like stay up late do whatever
0: like <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it right there for sure but man i want to just go ahead and and uh and thank you for coming on to the podcast man um it's your first time on the show hopefully won't be your last Um, uh, we were able to chop it up Um, uh, we're already over an hour in so this is one of my longest episodes for sure but as i said at the beginning you know you're one of my favorite people to talk to and we've always had really really good conversation about a bevy of things so um i really appreciate you coming on here man yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So um, I know you have some things in the works for yourself as well. So this is the time i like to let you go ahead and plug everything that you got going on for sure.
1: Yeah, I definitely want to let people know about my coach's business. You can find it at solutions.com. It's also on Instagram at Result Driven Solutions. And I'll be doing, like I said earlier, I'll be doing another show with the NPC in September Morgan is now a new athlete with RDS, so she'll be having a show in November.
0: Oh, really? Wow. Go ahead, Morgan.
1: Yeah, she'll be having, she'll be doing her first show in women's physique. And definitely, like, people always like to ask me about you know, my physique and what I do for training and what I eat and what supplements I take. Mm -hmm. And I just recently started telling people about, you know, my coach's business, you know, result driven solutions Mm -hmm. that he definitely like takes care of his clients. Yeah. Like there are a lot of plans that you can find any plan online. You can find one on YouTube. You can find one on Google. You can find one in the app stores, but a lot of them are like cookie cutter plans. And I just, he is really the only person I know that's doing things this way, that it, every person's plan is individually like made for them with adjustments as their body changes. Wow.
0: Yeah. That's dope. Like that's, that's, that's really dope. Cause Lord knows I need to lose somebody, you know, and especially with my audience, you know, especially with a lot of dads, we got the dad bods and the father figures, which I, I honestly, I think that's going to be part of um, our generation changing that, you know, or at least the next generation trying to change that and letting them know that just because, you know, you're married and a father, you don't have to have a big old belly. You know, you can be healthy and fit and you can look how you want to look for sure. Um, and if you're a bigger, wider guy, that's just how you are. But it's about being healthy and being fit for sure. So Yeah, um, man.
1: You definitely like definitely head over to the site and I'll send you the link.
0: Yeah, send me the link. I'll I'll um I'll put it in the description. So it'll be here on the descriptions for any listener that's interested. Um I'll have it there so you can go ahead and, and check that out. And I mean, I wish we'd have stumbled upon Morgan joining. That'd have been a whole nother you know, probably another thirty minute conversation for sure. Um, that's another talking. reason to have
1: me back. And also yeah. like like I was saying, it's personal training and people usually think of like personal training as like, you know, oh well, where are they at? It's the business is mostly online coaching. So anywhere mm-hmm. you are in the world you can get the trainer from com.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's definitely dope. So absolutely, I'll definitely check that out for myself too because I know I'm, I don't know if you know about the league that I, uh, I got back into. I think I showed you that league, that no, Tackle No Pads League that I used to play in oh, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah they, they opened up a division down here. So I just finished the season. Um, we lost in the championship game um, for the division down here in Florida. Um, but I was ridiculously out of shape as far as playing. Um, playing shape. I was, yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, but, you know, I made it through the season. I'm healthy. And there was no injuries. Um, so, but I know that I could have, I was happy that I could compete at age 31. I think that's like the mental hurdle when you get at this age and you're out there playing with 24, 25 year olds. Um, just thinking about, you know, the physical beast I was as a, you know, but now with me having the mental part of it, um, I just need to get my body to catch up. And I feel like that's truly when you're in your prime is when your mental and your body are in, in in, in, tune. We're at that same high level. So I just need to get my body back to that high level where I can get it. Um, so I'm definitely going to check that out for sure.
1: Yeah, man. Let's get
0: you some results. I, I want some results. Trust me. You ain't going to see a single Instagram post with me with a shirt on. I promise you. I live in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I live in Florida. I'm never going to have a damn shirt on if that's the case. <laughs> But um yes, yeah, so once again, thank you for um for being on the podcast, man. I really, really appreciate it. Um, like I said before, this won't be your last time. JB, thank you. We'll have all those links in the description. I like to thank each and every one of y'all for listening to this podcast, and we out.